Okay, so today, first, we have a few that have been challenged by Brother Matthew to learn Acts 2.38, and some of them have succeeded today, so they're going to share with you. Then Peter sounded them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and ye shall receive, in the name of Jesus Christ, and ye shall, for the remission of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, each and every one of you, for the remission in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and ye shall receive the Holy, the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm not a warrior, I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to do. But Lord, with your strength, I've got no excuse, cause broken people are exactly who you use. Like Daniel in the lion's den, give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me heart like David, Lord, be my defense, so I can face my giants. With confidence, face like and the lions in. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me heart like David, Lord, be my defense. So I can face my giants with confidence. I'm gonna sing and shout and shake the walls. Stop until I see him fall. When stand up, step out when you call. Jesus, Jesus, shake the walls. It won't stop until I see him fall. I'm gonna stand up, step out when you fall. Call Jesus, Jesus. Give me faith like Daniel and the lions in. Give me hope like Moses. In the wilderness, give me a heart like David, Lord, be my defense, so I can face with confidence. Why don't we take just a moment, why don't we all stand, look around us, find someone near, find someone in the back, find someone in the front, go shake their hands, let them know that we're glad that they're in the house of the Lord today. Shake the hands of every guest in this place, let them know that we're glad that they're in church this morning.
praising him why don't you give God a hand clap of praise come on really give God a hand clap of praise this morning why don't you lift your voice with that hand clap and glorify and magnify him today hallelujah Jesus praise God praise God if you have your Bibles turn to Matthew chapter number 9 Matthew chapter number 9 verse number 36 through 38, Matthew chapter 9, verse number 36 through 38. Read a couple of passages of Scripture there and try to give you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart for this service this morning. I want to uh, welcome all of our guests here today. So glad to have each and every one of you here. Why don't all the home folks give our guests a good hand clap today? Glad that you're in the house of the Lord with us this morning. And uh, I have asked them to bring the class in this morning from the gym, and um, I, I want to preach something this morning a little different and um, might be a help to us today. And uh, so use, use patience, and, uh, and y'all help us keep them all corralled pretty good. If they get misbehaving too much, you can take the ones that's misbehaving outside. But I feel like the Lord has laid something on my heart. I want to remind you also with the announcements, there is youth service Friday night at 7 o'clock. So remember that in the youth room over at the gym, Friday night at 7 o'clock. Matthew chapter 9, verse uh, verse 36 says, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them, 
because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto the disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands and our voices toward God and ask him to help us today. God, we're depending on you. I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, that you would let your glory fill this house. The anointing, the power of God fill this house. Touch every heart. Touch every soul, God. Move in every life and we'll give you the praise. <clears throat> we'll give you the glory and we'll give you the honor. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph today. Come on, somebody lift your voice and shout unto God. With the voice of triumph today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to try not to keep you too long this morning because I know the attention span of some is very short. But I want to do my best to give to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart for this service this morning. I want to talk to you for the next few moments from this subject. Seeing the, the world through the eyes of God, seeing the world through the eyes of God. I was I was thinking about this and what brought this to my attention was this week over in youth camp. Um, we were sitting there. The puppets are not normally a spiritual activity at all, to say the least, but uh, a little bit entertaining. And so me and Parker was sitting there with the rest of all the youth campers and we were watching the puppets. Um, they were doing a little puppet show to a song that I have heard uh, many, 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 many times before. And it never really got my attention like it did that day. I don't know if it was because of youth camp or being there with all the children. I don't know if it was a cause of being deprived of sleep or whatever it was, but it kind of sparked something in my spirit. And the song is simply, Give Me Your Eyes. And it's talking about seeing things through the eyes of God. And it's so much different than the way that we see things in life. God looks at things different than we look at things. Brother Shoemake talked a little bit about this at senior camp. And uh, he talked about the world's perspective and what the world tries to get you to believe and what the world wants you to see and what the world wants you to believe that is true in the way that everything is supposed to be. The world tells you and uh, through news media, through uh, teachers, through professors, through movies and through activities that they do, uh, what, what they want you to believe and what they want you to, to see the world as. There is a new movement, I guess not a new movement, but a very strong movement at this time going forth on the homosexuality movement and the uh, transgender movement. And they would like to make you think that 
uh, the, the, a great percentage of this country is that way, are leaning in that direction when it's only about 4% of the population of the entire country that is that way at all. But that is the perspective that the world is putting out there. They think that you should believe what they are telling them. That's the reason why I tell parents all the time it's very important to teach your children the values, conservative values at home of why we live like we live and why we act like we act and why we conduct ourselves like we conduct ourselves because the liberal media and liberal philosophies are not going to teach them this thing. But God tells us that His ways are not like our ways at all. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number 9, it says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Lord is telling us without a shadow of a doubt that His ways, His thoughts, His actions, the way that He sees things are not exactly the way that we see things. Amen. God just simply sees things different, such as in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 2, the Bible says that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, now we as individuals, we see that, that if we would have been looking in that time, we would have seen the world full of darkness, that it was void, that darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Bible says the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We know that God created dry land in the midst of wet land. We know that God created light in the midst of darkness because God does not see things as we see things. I am reminded of a story that I heard another minister say, and I have shared it with you before, but more than likely you have forgotten, so I'll bring it to your memory again, about a a golfer that a professional golfer and a teacher that that went over and was hired by by a king a king in a foreign country in one of the arab countries that he wanted them to come over and teach him how to play the game of golf and so uh when he went over they, he began to teach the king how to play the game of golf and he spent a few weeks with him there that day and they they uh struck up a good friendship and the king it was about time for the professional golfer to come back to the United States and so the king was thinking what can I do nice for this man although he's been paid well but I would like to give him a gift so he goes and he talks to the man and he says what what could I buy you to show you my appreciation for you coming and spending this time with me? And the man said, oh, I said, don't worry about it. I'm being paid. No problem. I'm glad to do it. He said, no. He said, I, I want to give you a gift. And so the golfer, he said, well, he said, you know, I, 
I guess you could buy me something that I would cherish uh, and uh, I would hold dear and mean something to me if you just buy me just a golf club or something. And so the king said, okay, he said, I'll buy you a golf club. So nothing else was said about it. The man went back to his home. The king went on about his business a few months down the road. This golfer gets a big letter, certified letter in the mail. And uh, he opens it up and it's from this king and uh, papers from a lawyer and all kinds of stuff that he needed to sign. And he got to reading it and the king bought him a golf club. Now, when we say golf club, and this man said golf club, we're thinking of a golf club. But when he told the king and the king's way of thinking, because kings don't think like normal people, he thought a golf club, like the country club. This is different in the way that a king thinks. And I want to tell you, the difference in the way that we think and the way that we see things and the way that God sees things. When we see broken, God sees mended. When we see destruction, God sees peace. When we see chaos, God sees what He can make out of the chaos. Amen. When the world was without form, God stepped on the balconies of nothing and created a world so beautiful, so majestic, so mighty, so glorious, and so powerful. When God looked at dirt that He had created, He did not see just merely dust, but He seen what He could make out of the dust of the ground. And God stooped down and formed man out of the dust of the ground. In His image created He Him. Male and female created He them. Amen. It is still the same way today. And God stooped down and breathed unto that form and it became a living soul. Because God sees things differently than what we see. God did not see what it was, but He saw what it could be. I am glad that God saw not what I was, but He saw what I could be. I'm glad that when God looked at me, He did not see me as a spoiled brat son of a preacher and a preacher's wife that was rebellious against his parents, that was rebellious against the hand of God. But he did not see me as a rebellious, spoiled brat at 16 years old. But he saw me as something that he could take in his hands and he could use. Do I have a testimony of victory today that God did not see you for who you were, but he saw you for who you could be? Somebody ought to stand and shout to God and give God praise and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, if we're not very careful in our life, 
and we are not very careful in our way of thinking. We forget where we came from. And when we forget where we came from, we lose our sense of direction of where we are going. Amen. But it's very important in our life, church, saints of God, that we never forget where God brought us from. Amen. Some was drunks on your way to a devil's hell. Amen. Some was rebellious on your way to hell. But thank God for the mercy and the grace of the Almighty God that seen not what we were, but He saw what we could be. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The world, the Bible always tells us and always makes reference to the fact that there is a couple of, of areas, couple of, of people, not just a couple of people, but I'm struggling for the word, but there's a couple of age groups that God is always concerned about in the Word of God. Amen. He is always concerned about widows and orphans. He's always concerned about the elderly, and He's always concerned about the young. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 19 that they were brought unto Him, and they were brought there, and were there brought unto Him little children, that He should put His hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked Him. And Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto Me. For such is the kingdom of heaven. You see, the disciples saw them as being a nuisance. They saw them as being a bother. And they did not want to be a bother or a nuisance to Jesus Christ. Because he was trying to teach adults. But he said, hey, suffer them not. Leave them alone. Let them come unto me. Let me put my hands on them. Let me work with them. Let me minister to them. Let me help them. Let me change them. Let me work in their life. Because God sees things differently than what we do. We see a young boy with two fish and five loaves of bread. That's what we see. That's how we see it. But Jesus did not see a young lad with two fish and five loaves of bread. But he saw a miracle of enough to do something great with. You see, all God has to have is just a little bit. Amen. We think God has to have a lot to make an increase. But all God has to have is just a little bit. Amen. You see, all God demands of you is 10% for tithing. And then God gives an increase. Oh boy, I shouldn't have hit that stump. Amen. But God cannot bless nothing. But if you give God a little bit. 
if you give God a portion, God can take something that is so small and increase it to something so large and incredible. There's a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? That's what the disciples said. What are they among so many? What are they? You see, they were looking through their natural eyes. But Jesus said, hey, that's all I need. Just two fish and five barley loaves. What are you going to do with that, Jesus? I tell you, when we place something that is so small in the hands of a big God, there is no telling what God can do and what God will do. We need to open our eyes and see through the eyes of Christ. We need to see the world through the eyes of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we would see the lost drunkard on the side of the road through the eyes of Christ, what would he look like ten years down the road? If we would see the drug addict in the back alley with the needle stuck in his arms through the eyes of Christ, what would he look like? Ten years down the road, we see them as thugs. We see them as dangers to society. We see them as outcast. We see them as no good. But I want to tell you out of that, God can bring nothing and bring it to a place where He can work and where He can change and where He can move. I pray that God would touch our eyes, that we can see a world that is dying, a world that is in chaos and realize God is trying to bring revival to a lost and a dying sin sick world. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want all the children that is under the age of 13. I want you all to join me right here. Join me right here. All of you that's under the age of 13. Come on, all the kids. Good, good. Amen. All under the age of 13. Come on. Come on, everybody. Come up here. Come on up here. Y'all look out there at them. Pay attention to them. Look at this today. What can God do with crowd. What can God do with people? You know what we would do? We would go out and pick out the ones. Well, God can use this one. Oh, get that one up there going up on the platform. God can use this one. God can use this one. Maybe, maybe God, come here young lady. God might can use this one. Maybe God can take this one over here. Maybe God can use this one here. 
Maybe there's something in this one God can use. You see, and that's looking through our eyes and say, well, God can use this one. And we pick out what God and what God cannot do. What God can do and what God can't do. But I come to tell you, there's not a one up there that God can't turn into a holy, godly vessel that would do a work for Him. I know, I know some of them might be a little unruly. Some of them might not know how to have church. Some of them may not know how to act in the house of God. That's what the church is for. Amen. That we teach them there is a better way. That we teach them there is hope. That we teach them there is a life beyond what they are living. There is hope in this world. And that hope is Jesus Christ. What do we see? What do we see? When we look at these children up here today, you can be seated. No, no, all the children stay up here. No, 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 I'm just talking to the crowd. What do we see when we look at these children? Do we see a generational curse that their parents were like this and so they shall grow up to be like their children, their, their parents. Do we, when we look at these children, do we see high school dropouts that will never get a diploma and that way will never be a benefit to society? Do we see, when we look at these children, drug users that will always be a nuisance to our neighborhoods? Do we see, when we look at these young girls up here, Pregnancy before marriage, having children out of wedlock. Do we see when we look at these children just another problem to society? Amen. What do we see when we look at this group of children up here? Amen. But you, I want to tell you what we need to do. We need to get a vision to look through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Amen. What Jesus Christ sees is God sees a generational curse stopping and being broken with this generation. Amen. Changing from this moment on. Being different than the previous generation. That's what God sees. We see a high school dropout, but God sees an honor student. We see a drug addict But God sees a drug rehabilitation worker. We see, we see an unwed mother. But God sees someone that's helping children and mothers that have had children out of wedlock. Amen. What we see, amen, is a drug user. But what God sees is someone that is a benefit to those who have no help and have no hope. I want to tell you, church, we've got a vision. We've got to get a vision to understand and see what God sees. We can have the attitude of what they've always been. They will always be. But I come to tell you, 
that God sees something totally different. What did Ananias see when he seen Apostle Paul? I'll tell you what he seen when he seen what he knew as Saul. I'll tell you exactly what he seen. He seen one that persecuted the church. He seen one with the letter in his hand that was going to destroy the church at Damascus. Amen. But you want to know what God seen? God said, go pray for him, Ananias, because he is a chosen vessel unto me. He's going to preach my word to the Gentiles. He's going to preach my word to kings. Come on, church. You've got to get some eyes like Christ. You've got to understand that these young people can't Turn this world upside down. That there is a revival to be had. That God can use them. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Jericho, I want them to, I want you to tell them. Just what you told them at youth camp about what happened to you at youth camp. At youth camp, I was I was on the stage praying, and then just all of a sudden I started talking in tongues, and that's when I knew I got the Holy Ghost, and it just felt amazing. How did it feel? It felt amazing. It felt so good. How did it feel? It felt like I was a whole new person, and it just felt like all my sins were just gone, and it just felt like... I did nothing wrong, and that I and I was doing so good, and I felt so happy, and I felt amazing. Tell me one more time, how did you feel? Amazing, and I felt how did good. you feel? I felt amazing. How did you feel? Amazing. I, felt I come so to good. tell you, church, the Holy Ghost still works. The Holy Ghost can still change hearts. The Holy Ghost can make a difference. You've got to look through the eyes of Jesus Christ. You've got to look through the eyes of Jesus. things what does God look at what does God see when he sees these children here what does God see when he sees our children oh yes our children are blessed oh yes our children have a great opportunity for success oh yes I'm going to do everything that I can to save our children amen but Jesus said suffer not the little children to come unto me get them all around me get them all close to me get them all up here why I want to show you what I can do with little I want to show you how I can change a life I want to show you how I can break a family curse I want to show you what I can do with so little. You give me a little bit, I'll do a lot. Why? Because God has a greater vision. God has a bigger vision. Come on, church. It's time for us to look through the eyes of Jesus Christ. I hate, I hate to bust anybody out this morning. Amen, but I'm sure these two men would not not care at all. Brother Duplessis has always said that he knows that God can work with anything. 
Because there was two young men that are preachers today that he didn't ever think would be anything for God. One is Brother Mark Copeland. See, he knew him when he was a teenager. One is Brother Wesley Jackson. I knew him as a teenager. Some of you knew him as a teenager. Some of you, they, both of these men were very connected to this church in their teenage years. And we looked because we looked through these eyes and we said, God can't use that. God can't change that. God will never do that. God will never work with that. But God says when somebody wants to make a commitment and somebody don't give up on them. I can remember, I can remember right back here in this corner talking to Brother Wesley Jackson when he was a teenager. I said, man, what in the world were you thinking? He said, I don't know, Brother Looper. I know I don't deserve to come back. I know I don't deserve the mercy. I don't deserve the grace of God. Amen. But today he's preaching in a pulpit. Today he's pastoring a church. Today, Brother Mark Copeland is pastoring a church because God sees things differently than what we see things. Come on, church. Let's get a vision. Come on, church. Let's open our eyes. Come on, church. Let's see through the eyes of Christ. Let's reach the lost. Let's reach the lost. Let's reach the lost. Why don't somebody lift up your hands and lift up your voice right now to God? But God, that, that Saul guy, that Saul guy is a bad guy, God. That Saul guy has killed Christians. He was there at the stoning of Stephen. God, are you sure? And I know some of you are wondering, as these kids are up here today, they don't know how to have church. They're not dressed like our kids. They don't smell like our kids. They don't have the benefits as our kids. And you say, how can we do it? What are we doing? How are we going to do this? I want to tell you how we're going to do it and what we're going to do it with. We're going to take the power of the Holy Ghost to every home and every individual that we have the opportunity to and show them there is a better way. There is a better way. There is a life-changing experience that can happen to you. The devil says you can't save all of them. But it's like the little boy that was walking down the seashore. And the starfish was there. All washed up on the bank. He'd walk by. He'd grab one and he'd throw it into the ocean. He'd grab another and he'd throw it in the ocean. He'd grab another and there was just thousands of them laid everywhere. And a man walks by and he says, son, what are you doing? He said, I'm saving these starfish's life. I'm throwing them. He said, son, he said, you can't make a difference because there's too many up here. And a little boy picked up one and he throwed it in the ocean. He said, I made a difference in that one's life. And I made a difference in that one's life. And I made a difference in that one's life. Amen. If I can make a difference in this one's life and I can make a difference in this one's life and I can make a difference in this one's life. And this one's like, no, we may not win every one of them that we reach out to. But if we can change one. (laughs) 
this one. We can change this one. Who's he connected to? I'm going to tell this story and then I'm going to let you go. There's another preacher preaching about a revival that he had. He said he had this little country preacher come in. He's a church in the city, big church. He said the guy couldn't really preach. Y'all, y'all set him back down. He couldn't preach that well. Not well known. Just a little old scraggly looking guy. He said, but he had come in there in the day and the guy was in the floor praying and screaming and crying out to God. He had walked to the pulpit. His clothes was wrinkled. His tie was hanging sideways. He had come in without a shower after praying all day and walked to the pulpit. He said, nothing really happened. But in one of those services, there was a little red-headed, frickle-faced boy that come to the altar. Little old teenage boy that come up there and started praying. And the preacher got down in the altar and he prayed for him until he prayed him through in the Holy Ghost. That revival closed. Only one person got the Holy Ghost. Only one person. Years later, that one person, that one little red-headed, frickle-faced boy that prayed through. Everybody said the revival was not a success. That one boy, God called him to the ministry. He had a thriving ministry, preached all over the country in different parts of the world. Hundreds, possibly thousands of people prayed through under his ministry. And people said that revival wasn't about anything. Because we look through these natural eyes. But God said, this was in Brother O.R. Foss's church in Houston. He said, Brother Foss, this is the greatest revival you've ever had. One soul. One soul. One soul. Because God sees things differently than what we see things. Everybody, if you would, stand across this building right now. I want us to lift our hands toward God. If you want God to really touch your eyes and touch your mind where you could see through the eyes of Christ. And you could see the world differently than what you see them. I want you to step out from where you're standing right now. If you don't know God and the power of the Holy Ghost, if you've never been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, if you've never repented of your sins, I want to tell you there's no greater life, there's no greater joy. You heard a little child talk about this morning how, man, there was just a change happened in his life. That same change can happen to you. But if you want God to touch your mind, if you want God to touch your eyes, If you want God to touch your spirit, why don't you step out from where you're standing right now and make your way to this front and say, God, let me just see the world through your eyes. Let me see the drug addict through your eyes. Let me see the alcoholic through your eyes. Oh, let me see the homeless through your eyes. 
Let me see the breaker through your eyes. Let me see the lawyer through your eyes. Let me be a willing vessel. Let me see the world through your eyes. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Hallelujah. Why don't somebody reach out to God right now? Why don't you allow God to touch you this morning? Why don't you allow God to change you this morning? Why don't you allow God to work in your life this morning? Why don't you allow God to give you a burden for the lost today? Forever change, God. Touch something in my heart. Touch something in my spirit. Touch something in my soul. God, change me. Let me have compassion. Let me have compassion for lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A vessel you can use. God can use you. God can use you. God can use you. God can use you today. Young person, God can use you. Middle-aged person, God can use you. Elderly saint of God, God can use you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to be Look through his eyes, look through his eyes. Look through his eyes today. Look through his eyes today. An instrument you choose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me be. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to be a willing vessel, a vessel you can use. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. I want to be a willing vessel, the instrument you choose. Help us, Holy Ghost. I want to empty up myself. Available to you. Hallelujah. See, we don't know the stories behind these children. You don't know what they go home to. You don't know what they face. You don't know where they come from. You Jackson kids, come up here just a minute. Is the older girl here? She's sick. These young children's grandpa has preached in this pulpit. And you want to say they're not worth saving? And God can't use them. And God can't work. Look through the eyes of God. Look through the eyes of God. Look through the eyes of God. 
need to set limits on God. No. God is limitless. God can reach beyond the reach of man. God can change lives that's unchangeable. God can make a difference where it seems like there can't be a difference made. Why? Because He's God. But it's our, our job to reach. It's our job to do everything that we can to save this one. To save this one. To save this one. Because there's no different, there's no telling what a difference they can make to our society and to this world. We can curse the problem until we're blue in the face. But there's no use to curse the problem if you're not willing to give the answer. I want to tell you the answer to your problems, the answer to your hurts, the answer to your trials, the answer to your tribulation is Jesus Christ. You're going to find it in the house of God. I want us to right now, before we leave this place, before we are dismissed, I want us all to sing this song one more time from our heart. Do you want to be a willing vessel? Do you want to be a vessel that can be used of God? I want you to lift up your hands, lift up your voice. Sing unto God right now. I want to be a willing vessel, a vessel you can use. I want to be a willing vessel, the instrument you choose. I want to empty up myself. Available to you. Let me be a willing vessel. Be a willing vessel. Be a willing vessel. You can use. One more time, sing it from your heart. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and sing it to God right now. I want to be willing to be used of you, God. I want to work in your picture. I want to empty up myself. The fields are white with harvest. Let me be a willing vessel. Be a willing vessel. Be a willing vessel. You can. The fields are white with harvest today. It's up to us to go. Do a work for God. Don't put limits on God. Don't put limits on God. Let's all pray together. Let's pray for the food today. They have food they're serving over there in the gym. To our guests that are here, you go over there. It's free of charge for you. I don't know if they're charging. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, they have cooked a meal. I think it's $10 per person. And so 